Our guest this episode plays both stand-up and electric bass, and he's also a guitarist and singer-songwriter. He lives in Petaluma, California, which is also where he grew up. He graduated from San Francisco State with a BA in music, and he recently toured Europe for several months with Idris Akamore and the Pyramids. He currently plays in several bands, including the reggae band Soul Horizon, the gypsy jazz band Banjango Collectif, formerly known as French Oak Gypsy Band, as well as with the Mike Saliani Band, and with Lisa Stano and the gang. Our talented guest is a hardworking, humble, and gentle soul with an easy laugh and a penchant for taking gigs that require learning lots of tunes in a short amount of time. He also teaches both bass and guitar. We are so pleased to welcome our guest, Skylar Stover. Welcome to Meaningful Musical Conversations, where we giggle. <laughs> we all have a good time, where words are music, hearts are melodies, and harmony is our vision. I'm Jill Minier. I'm Daniel Townsend, and we've officially been laughing for like three minutes before getting started here today. Uh, <laughs> big thanks to Skylar for coming out today. How are you doing today? Hey, fine. How y'all doing? Oh, we're, we're doing, doing we're doing great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Lots of laughs and good times, right? Just to start out. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's a very hot day. It, it is. It's ninety nine. Like ninety nine. It messes with the brain a little bit. I, I think, think so. Yeah. yeah. And apparently, rain coming around next week. Oh, I is hope. that right? I, oh, I mean, I'm praying. I'm praying. I just got rained on a bit earlier. From <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, confession here as I was giggling. You happened to say something so funny that I spit my water out. I don't know if that's ever happened. You did a spit well, maybe take. When I was a really eight. good spit take. <laughs> well, really okay. thanks for, for letting Sorry. our audience know. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so. Fresh, you can remove it. <laughs> oh, way. good. You feel refreshed. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, listeners, we just wanted to kind of, I just wanted to pipe in and say where I met Skylar. Um, we met. I don't know if it was one year or two years ago, but um, we met here and um, our friend Lisa, um, you guys were rehearsing here at the house for a song. And uh, anyway, um, yeah, I've been I've seen you numerous times um, with Lisa and with Stella, with French Oak Gypsies. Um, and you're just an amazing bass player and a really cool guy and thrilled to have you. you here. <laughs> Glad to be here. It's a beautiful home. Mm, thank you. So, Skylar, I actually wanted to start a little bit today with um, kind of your background with schooling. So I know you went to um, SF State, that's correct, right? That's right. Right, and you got your bachelor's there in music, right? That's right, yeah. um, I just wanted to kind of pick your brain about like how that was for you and also what was kind of difficult there or what did you take away from it? Just the experience of going there, you know, just anything that Yeah, I mean, mind. so it was a music school, but it was also college like I had to get my GE right. and all that so I'm sorry um, no it's okay <laughs> uh, I mean it was like I said music school and then kind of just college mm -hmm. you know um, I was commuting my first year from Petaluma to San Francisco no way yeah actually oh like God. a year and a half and then I finally moved down there wow. for anyone so, who doesn't know it's probably like an hour drive well I was taking the bus taking the bu um, so I'd get up at that. like six take the 6.30 bus, I'd probably get to school about 8.30. My first class was at 9. That and, is commitment. Um, that is passion right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I maybe I was kind of afraid, I think, to move out right away, too. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, San Francisco seemed 
far enough away from home, but still close enough that I could commute. And totally. then I, I eventually moved down there. Um, but music school was, you know, I, I had some, um, formal training from my guitar teacher before and in high school. Mm -hmm. So I kind of knew what I was getting into and, um, you know, I knew some keyboard cause I took piano when I was younger, but nice. they, they expect you to have a certain like level of understanding about theory and keyboard skills and obviously like proficiency on your instrument. Right. And I actually went in as a guitar player. And uh -huh. um, what happened was we had to form, so I was in the jazz department and we had to form combos, like little jazz, like quintets, um, you know, bass, drums, piano, guitar, maybe a horn or something like sax, trumpet. And, you know, there was like 10 guitar players that showed up to the auditions and like two bass players. And I think I did guitar in a combo for one semester, but then after that, um, we had to do these combos to get credit. Oh, interesting. And so if you didn't have a band, you know, you didn't get, there was like three units that you didn't get that semester. Yeah. So the kind of the director of that program, Andrew Spate, said, well, who's going to learn bass? <laughs> and I kind of raised my hand. I was like, I can, I can fake my way through it, you know, and he's like, he had an Australian accent. He's like, well, don't fake it, man. <laughs> like, he's like, we'll get you some listens. Nice. And, uh, you know, so I linked up with Michael Zisman, who is the bass instructor there. Wow. And I believe he's still there. And uh, he also taught the jazz harmony class and, you know, started playing bass. And I got instantly like, you know, I spent about six months just developing the muscles and stuff like that because on the upright, it's, it's very physically demanding. Mm -hmm. But once I felt comfortable, I started telling people, hey, if you need a bass player, let me know, let me know. And uh, I started getting gigs left and right. Cool. Yeah. And um, as far as kind of like the, the other schooling part of it, um, you know, we did a lot of ear training. That was probably my favorite part about music school was the ear training. I think um, that's the biggest um, benefit that I got from going there. The instructor was great and he was super passionate and he made you feel like an idiot if you didn't come prepared. Ooh. And so he had that like whole motivation, but he also really wanted you to succeed. Yeah. And um, so it was great to work with him and... Um, then he encouraged me to join the choir. So I did that. I sang baritone in the uh, SF State Choir for three semesters, oh. which was an incredible experience. Um, I had never been mm. in a group like that where it's just all the human voice, you know, 100 people mm -hmm. or so. And it was such a powerful Beautiful. thing. You know, it, it kind of moved me in a way. So um, that was a great experience. So in what way did it move you? Can you say more about your experience in that, around that? Just like the, the physical... Um, phenomenon that happens when you have that many voices singing in harmony. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can feel it. I mean, it moved me like emotionally, but also like physically, I was just blown away by the power mm -hmm. that we were creating. I mean, I've seen choirs before and, and, you know, sometimes it's not as fun to watch a choir as it is to be in one. Mm. Um, has been my experience, but I also have a different appreciation for them now than yeah. I did you know, before I joined one. So mm -hmm. neat. Yeah. Cool. So that, that was probably, and I, I kind of always mention that I always give him credit. His name was David Ickes, the uh, instructor there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, 
just a, a great guy, left a big impression on me as a musician. And um, I consider myself a singer, maybe not like a lead singer, but I do sing. I write my own songs and stuff like that. And, you know, my mom was a singer and stuff like that. So I'm definitely confident, but I give a lot of that credit mm-hmm. and confidence to him mm-hmm. yeah. because, um, you know, every day we'd come in and have to sing like do re mi, you know, mm-hmm. solfege stuff. Yep. And so you, you re- actually learned solfege and to read music. Yeah, sight singing. And sight singing. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Nice. yeah. So in a way, well, that's not exactly ear training, but um, I mean, to be able to look at a page and sing the notes and, and, and solfege, I, that's really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I would it's call hard. it ear I've training because it. it's, you know, you're, you're learning how to use your inner ear. Mm-hmm. So you could like look at a piece of music and, I mean, your inner ear is okay. just as important as your outer ear, right? Yeah. Because um, you have to know it in your head. You have to know what it's going to sound like yes. before you actually... Before you make that sound. Yeah. Right. Hopefully. And so yeah, exactly. That's what I... Yeah. yeah. I always tell my students, too, I'm like, you have to know it before you can play it. Because mm-hmm. everyone wants to just, like, play and play and play. And I'm like, well, can you sing wh- right. whatever you're trying to play, you mm-hmm. know? And so to me, that was another lesson I learned from Michael Zisman mm-hmm. was... Mm-hmm. Um, he called it the three steps to mastery, which is, uh, you know, it can be applied to anything. But he, he said when it's applied to music, there's three steps. The first step is you hear it, right? You have no control over that. You're just like, yep. that's an involuntary thing is your mm-hmm. ability the, the to hear. Input. Exactly, right. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> um, then you know it. So eventually you're hearing it and hearing it and hearing it and listening. Let's say you're trying to learn a piece of music or something or like a, a solo, mm-hmm. trying to transcribe a Charlie Parker solo or something mm-hmm. like that. You need to listen to it enough so that you can sing it to yourself when you're driving or whatever. That's the second step. And then the third step is to execute it, actually physically play it. And so it kind of goes in your ears and then through your brain and then out your fingertips. Right. Mm-hmm. So those are the three steps to mastery. And I always tell, I have four students right now yeah. and I tell them that, you know, and I don't know how much they understand or if they think I'm just kind of like <laughs> speaking yeah. like, you know, esoterically. Yeah. I mean, it kind of is, I guess, but. No. Um, it seems like a very practical thing to actually practice. It is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you ever do that in a lesson with somebody? Like maybe, um, uh, I don't know. It's actually, boy, I'm thinking that would be fun with some music friends to do, to Absolutely. actually, like, for example, somebody might um, sing, like, a line or something, and the other person plays it on their instrument. Or, like, hears yeah. it in their head, repeats it back, and then tries to play it on the instrument. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, try to make uh, students sing their part, you mm-hmm. know, like the melody before they play it, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Dino actually touched on that when she was she, here too a lot. She did. Yeah. She, you can sing it, you can play it. That was mm-hmm. her thing, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And usually, you know, it's likely that you can't play it unless you can sing it. Um, but a, a lot of people are uncomfortable singing, so it's kind That's of... Hard. I always try and encourage them. I'm like, you can do it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, don't be embarrassed. Don't be shy, you know. It's just yeah. me. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll laugh if you start laughing. That's what's <laughs> right. funny is like, I'm not going to laugh at you unless you start laughing and then I'll kind of go, hey, like, you know, mm-hmm. try again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. You set them at ease. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Try to. Yeah. So. Neat. Um, so was there anything that was, it sounds like getting there was, was actually just challenging in and of itself, getting to school. But was there anything um, musically that was difficult at school? Like. Was especially challenging. 
Um, I had a class, uh, composition and arranging, mm-hmm. that was, I think um, Andrew Spade also he taught that class. He had really high standards, and we had very little preparation for a class like that. At least me, I felt that way. Right. Um, there was no kind of like, what do you call it, like a prerequisite or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I think the prerequisite was like you had to take the third semester of theory or something like that. Okay. Right. But other than that, I mean, we were, we were scoring out big band charts like day one of the class. Ooh. And it's kind of <laughs> like, whoa, okay, this is really intense. And I had to learn a computer program at the same time. So mm-hmm. learning two things and it would take, just because I was learning the program, it took hours to like write, you know, one line of music. Right. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, another challenging thing, I actually was um, in the orchestra for a semester because I wanted, to, I wanted to try it out and challenge myself. And they were kind of in need of bass players as the world yeah. is, is yeah. <laughs> yes, which is why I saw an opportunity. Nice. Take <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, so that was, that was extremely challenging, playing a Mozart. I think it was... Um, 35th symphony, um, really fast. I had never played with a bow before and my mm. teacher was not, that That wasn't his thing. You know, he was mm. a jazz guy. Yeah. And he, he was like, I can show you how to use a bow, but I'm not the guy to teach you how to do this classical, right. you know, um, what do you call it? Uh, I don't know. Bowing technique, right? Technique, yeah, yeah that's okay. what I was looking yeah. for. <laughs> so you're on your own learning that for the most part. Yeah, yeah, Sheesh. pretty much. I had the other guy, like the the main ba- classical bassist at the school. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of gave me a few informal lessons, which was great. Nice. Um, but yeah, that that was very challenging. Mm-hmm. Did you and, enjoy uh, being part of the orchestra? Like Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. It was great, and it was also intimidating because these there a lot of the people there were classically trained their whole life, right. and they kind of knew me and why I was there, and they're kind of like, you know, can this guy hang with us? Right. And mm-hmm. I, I think I got by, mm-hmm. you know. Good I wouldn't say you, I got yeah. an A+, plus, uh-huh. but, you know, maybe like B. <laughs> Considering everything, I mean, yeah. that's fantastic. Good for you. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Nice. Man, inspiring that, is, stuff. that is a major accomplishment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Boy. Well, kudos to you for picking up a new instrument, you know, uh, as an older, uh, not an older person, but, uh, you know, uh, not a young age. Right? <laughs> I, I don't mean not to say like, like a, a kid, but, yeah. you know, as a 18 year old or something when a lot yeah. of people are. I mean, that's amazing. It's I, I love thinking that the listeners are hearing that and they can a lot of people. If I mean, I was kind of like that. I thought, well, if I didn't start an instrument by the time I was like eight, then I could never do it. Um and even at the age of 40, I mean, even though I'd played classical piano growing up, I thought, oh, I'm way too old to, um, you know, go back to school to learn jazz. But it took me until I was 52 to go back to school and realize, <laughs> like, hey, I have the rest of my life. Why the hell not? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, kudos to you as well. Well, yeah, thank absolutely. you. Because yeah, you're out there on the scene, you know, I've I seen you out there before. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. them jazz charts. Yeah, yeah. I'm having fun, I have to say. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Oh, so um, I'm wondering, you know, you mentioned your mom and singing, that she was a singer. And I think I've heard you say that she played the piano as well. Is that right? She did, yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your mom and your influence with your parents growing up musically. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
So my dad was a classical guitarist mm -hmm. and um, he, he was professional until I was born and then basically realized since <laughs> um, after I was born that it was really hard to make a living to <laughs> yeah. pay for a family, provide a family with everything they need, you know, as a classical guitarist. There's a really small market for a classical guitar. Right. Um, so then he became a stockbroker, but then he was still practicing all the time around the house. And then he also recorded an album with his friend Jeff Wells in 1996, I believe. And uh, that was called The Virtuoso Christmas. They, they tried to kind of go commercial to see if they uh -huh. could actually like mm. make some money. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was kind of, they, neither of them were quote, like full-time musicians at that point. They were both, actually Jeff Wells um, kind of inspired my dad to go into the financial world because mm -hmm. uh, he, he had done really well for himself. They went to school together, music school. <laughs> then kind of Jeff had the whole like, oh man, I have a family now yeah. thing before my dad did. He went into the like finance world, did really well. My dad said, oh man, I want to get to where you're at. And he's like, okay, here you go. So um, nice. anyway, so growing up though, I would always hear my dad playing, you know, mm -hmm. in, the, in the living room. Yeah. And I thought it was really cool. He was kind of like my first, you know, musical hero, guitar hero. Nice. Um, then my mom was playing piano and singing and giving lessons ever since I can remember, even when I was pregnant or <laughs> when she was <laughs> pregnant with me. <laughs> Good times. Um, so I think um, I kind of just, you know, I developed as a human with that just constantly flowing through me. Yeah. And um, it's crazy. So I don't, I, I'm, I guess you guys probably know my dad passed away when I was 20 and my mom passed away a couple years ago. So neither of them are around anymore which is very difficult, but it's also when I play, I feel them with me, you know? And like, especially when I sing sometimes, it's crazy. Like I feel like my mom is like coming out of my mouth. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really chippy. So um, I always sing about them when I'm playing. And yeah, I mean, just ever since I can remember that they've been musicians and um, that's how I'll always remember them. And every time I play, I feel that energy running through me that's beautiful yeah Boy. they're living on through you and they're connecting with you through music mm-hmm yeah actually i was just in uh nashville a couple weeks ago it was my sister's 50th birthday okay and uh so she and i have the same mom she has a different dad and um but we got tattoos in in our mom's uh honor it says much love oh. and that's actually her handwriting that oh, wow. she had signed to my niece, her granddaughter, like at a birthday card or something. That is so sweet. And we, we were kind of hanging out one night and like we said, we should get tattoos. And in the morning, my niece's name's Susanna. And uh, she was like, okay, I'm booking them. I was like, oh man, we're, we're, <laughs> we're really doing it. Okay. <laughs> so she got one too. Oh my God. So that is sweet. Really the three sweet. of us have yeah. one. Yeah. So worth it. That's yeah. amazing. Mm. So one of the questions that we like to ask our guests is, um, what is your first, what is your earliest like strong memory of listening to music? 
um, something that you actually remember? I would say my dad playing in the living room when I was a kid because I would go to bed and he would practice at night at mm -hmm. like eight, you know, and uh, there's a few etudes that he would do on the guitar that I, I always remember and like I thought were so cool and I actually um, attempted, I did learn them, that kind of stuff, you really got to play it all the time though, otherwise you forget it. Mm -hmm. yeah. There was this one, it was a, like by Soar, um, is a study in A minor that mm -hmm. was just really cool. And I, like, I learned it one time and I had it down for a while. Um, I couldn't play it right now from memory if I wanted to get it back <clears> up to speed and take, you know, maybe a day or two to mm -hmm. like remember it all. But, but that's probably the first music that I remember hearing. Mm -hmm. And then when my, when their album came out, the Christmas album I was telling you about, um, my dad was playing that all the time because he was really proud of it, mm, that's cool. you know, and so, Neat. and I was proud of it too. So yeah. when we would <laughs> go, you know, we would have long drives. We'd go to Tahoe a lot, my mm -hmm. dad and I, and we, you know, I'd be like, oh, play, like we just listened to Aww. it over and over again. That's so oh, so. That. Do you think that's why, because you started playing guitar, right? That was your first instrument? Yeah, well, actually piano was, they had me on piano. And then I remember <laughs> I was, uh, I was at a baseball practice i was on i played baseball for i forget like five six years cool i was gonna ask you about that my dad picked me up and he said skylar <laughs> he's like skylar it's time for your piano lesson <laughs> and all my friends were like ah <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> oh no <laughs> so um <laughs> after that yeah i was like hey man oh, i think i want to play guitar like Aww. you know guitar is cooler <laughs> oh no now i kind of wish you know Honestly, if I could like have a, a you know, my next life, I'd yeah. want to be a pianist and a, a airplane pilot. Those oh. are like my two things that I'd really want to go for. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, I think piano is the kind of the master instrument, really. So, you know, yes. you, you can play solo, you can lead a band, you can uh, lead an orchestra, mm -hmm. you know. But, but anyways, so... Where was I going with that? I switched to guitar probably when I was 11 or 12. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was definitely because, you know, my dad was a big hero of mine. And he was my first teacher, but that didn't last very long because uh, <laughs> trying to, I don't have kids, but I know that having a parent try and teach me something like a formal yeah. lesson was the most grueling uh, thing. not going to happen. I was yeah. so impatient. Yeah. yeah, it's just not, it's yeah. not a good idea. Mm -hmm. So um, he put me some, he linked me up with Gary Vogenson, who's a local guy around here, a guitar player. Okay. Yeah. I took lessons with Gary for like probably five years or so. And uh, then I kind of stopped and then I went to SF State and realized that if I, and all my teachers told me, they're like, hey man, you know, if you want to be like a steady gigging guitarist, you got to be number one out of a million, you know, or, or something like that. Yeah. And they're like, uh, if you want to work steady, you know, learn the bass and you can get all kinds of gigs. Mm -hmm. And and definitely that well, has you, happened. Yeah, <laughs> you are it. out there like yeah. with, you know, gosh, so many different bands. In fact, uh, I know I saw something recently that you just got that gig with Soul Horizon. Yeah. Aaron Parks had been the bass player for 10 years and stepped down and so you've taken over. And it's a reggae band, right? Do you want to say a little bit about um, about that? Yeah, sure. So my, actually, 
how I started playing with them was I got referred by Zach Morris. Mm -hmm. Do you know him? I do, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. we were school together. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, and I met Zach through French Oak, Mm -hmm. actually. And um, he hit me up a day later. Zach was just instantly really cool to me. You know, after we've had one gig together and he was like, hey, man, like, you know, just uh, talking to me about all these different opportunities. And then he texted me like a week later, do you want to do a gig with a reggae band? I was like, I've never really done that before, but sure. So um, Michael, the singer from Soul Horizon, Mm -hmm. gave me a call and uh, they sent me. My first gig with them was um, at the Elbow Room in San Francisco. Mm. And it was a it was in February, so that's the Bob Marley's birthday is in February. I forget which okay, day it is, wow. but um, most reggae bands do like a Bob tribute mm-hmm. in February. And so I had to learn mm-hmm. probably like twenty Bob Marley tunes. Nice. And I never really listened to a lot of reggae growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, I know the popular ones, like I Shot the Sheriff and right. One Love and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But um, there's a lot of tunes that I wasn't familiar with, and then I started learning the bass lines and I was like, wow, these bass lines are really cool because I was kind of had this, um, I guess you could call it like a prejudice, I guess, against reggae or something. Like mm-hmm. no offense to anyone, but mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, oh, it's easy and it's, you know, and I was a guitar player at the time. So it's like, right. and I was like, that's all it is. You know, yeah, I was really totally. ignorant mm-hmm. about that because I never really I never really gave it enough attention to actually mm-hmm. hear the little intricacies and the subtleties that make it so enjoyable actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then especially the bass lines, learning those, I was like, wow, each bass line is so different. Even if the chord progression is exactly the same for, you could have five songs where the guitar might be doing the same thing, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, but the bass line is always different. And mm-hmm. um, so I was kind of instantly just like really excited about working with this band. I, I did the one gig with them. It was sold out. Everyone had a great time, um, which, you know, as a performer, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Because exactly. totally. you do like cafe gigs and it's cool. You get some tips or whatever. Right. But when you have people up in front of the stage, like rocking out with you and um, it's just a totally different feeling. Yes. I so. do not know that, but yet. <laughs> <It's> good, <laughs> Don't yeah. know if I ever will. Maybe but. one day. No, you will. You will. You totally will. I was going to ask you about that. Like, do you have a favorite um, memory of a performance? I know you've performed because we should also talk about how you performed in Europe for a while as well, right? And that was a whole yeah. If we, we can talk about that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, honestly, that performance that I was just talking about might have been one of my favorites mm. because it was my first time with that band yeah. and playing that music, and it was sold out, and they all were really stoked on me. You know, they're mm. like giving me props and. Dude, I can't believe, like, I didn't even have to look over one time. I thought you were the other guy, you know? Like, wow. That's, really cool. that's um, so cool. You did your homework. I did my homework. Yeah, yeah. that's that's definitely part of it. Um, I've played in a lot of different bands. I've got this new project that I won't talk too much about because I'm not sure if it's going to happen totally yet, but it's definitely involving some homework right now. And... Um, yeah, it's a constant thing. <laughs> and plus your ear. I mean, talking about your ear training being your favorite part of school, I'm sure that, and I've seen you play, and I know, um, I, I just do happen to know that sometimes, you know, I mean, that you can totally play by ear. You can hear where something's going, and, you know, yeah. so. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a language, you know. Yeah. You can kind of, like at any point, if you were to stop your sentence halfway through, I might be able to kind of, 
at least in my own words, finish it for you. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. It's, yeah. I like I how, how you kind of make that parallel between, you know, the literal conversation literal. with words and, and the conversation with, uh, with music. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess about the, about the Europe thing. Yeah. Um, let's see. I mean, we did, a, we did a, a lot of shows. One of my favorites, just because of <laughs> just the numbers, Sure. Uh, I, it's kind of like the one thing that I can brag about, but it's I mean, compared, to, sort of thing. compared to yeah. some people, it's not even anything. But I was like, we did a festival in Poland that there was probably like 2,000 people in the audience. Wow. And that was really cool. Um, that, what was that like? Yeah. It was, uh, I don't know, just like, I can't believe it's really happening right now. <laughs> I, I would have never imagined being here. Another one of my favorite performances that was just so cool and out there and way different than anything that I've ever done was I was playing with this uh, kind of gypsy jazz band in San Francisco called the 29th Street Swing Tet. And they still play around. I, since I've relocated back up north, I don't play with them right. as much. It's actually been a while, but uh, we got hired, however, for whatever reason. So there's an accordion player in that band. Um, named Mark Davis, and he is incredible. I mean, now he plays xylophone and he plays uh, trombone, I believe, because he he developed carpal tunnel. Mm. And, I mean, he started off on piano. I met him at SF State. And a little backtrack, that was another great thing about going to music school was I'm still in touch with a lot of musicians from there, and we still network and work together. Nice. So anyways, um, somehow we got hired to be the live soundtrack for the silent film Nosferatu. Oh, wow. No you know, the, the first yeah. vampire film. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, at a theater in Oakland. I forget the name of the theater, but it was a really cool theater. Like you walk in, there's couches everywhere and you can get a beer, you know, beforehand mm-hmm. and get food and stuff like that. It was like a, you know, I mean, you could get a burger, you know, that kind of a yeah, place. That's, yeah, that sounds neat. incredible. That sounds yeah, it was really cool. So we got hired to be the live soundtrack for that film. <laughs> and Mark is just like, when he gets into something, I mean, he goes 100%. <laughs> so he like had a piece of paper with notes on it, like, okay, at 59 seconds, we're going to play this little theme. And we didn't play one whole track, but we did mostly original stuff of, of that band's um, tunes, but it'd be like, okay, we're going to play the, the B section of this one song for like 15 seconds and then it's going to cut. And then we're going to do dramatic, like I was, I had a bow, you know, so just like <laughs> bow one drone note uh-huh. and then stop. And then, oh, neat. um, it'd be like little things like, okay, uh, kind of like, what's that Foley, Foley artist, you know, where it's like sound effects kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So we had little bells and just like, like a little, um, siren thing and, we're doing that kind of stuff also. Yeah. So it wasn't all just music. It was like sound effects. And cool. That sounds like the most fun thing ever. That was oh a really yeah. fun, yeah. cool gig. Wow. <laughs> uh, so I think it paid like, you know, 50 bucks right? and like <laughs> a hot dog or something. But <laughs> it was just super cool and different. I've never really done anything like that I'd before. love to experience that. Yeah. yeah. yeah it was yeah, cool. That it's cool that they're really still neat. doing that. I, that, that yeah. I'm surprised, but yeah. delighted. At the same time, especially that <laughs> totally. vampire film, Nosferatu. Yeah. So like everything was totally mapped out in advance, mm-hmm. and you were watching. Were you watching the? We, yeah, we were watching the were, film. So mm-hmm. we we were um, just off to the side. I mean, the audience could see us and stuff. And yeah, I don't even know how many. There was probably like 
20 people in the audience. Uh -huh. It was a big room, like full-size movie theater. But it was actually like a have – you, have you ever been to the Phoenix Theater? Uh-huh. It's kind of like that. It's okay. not like a traditional like – you know, like the Petaluma Cinemas right. where there's a lot of seats. It's right. just like couches just kind of yeah. right. Reminds about. me of the Red Vic in San Francisco. I yeah, don't know yeah, if you mm, remember totally. if yeah. it still exists. Mm -hmm. but I think so. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. Speaking Thanks. of um, uh, Phoenix Theater, you're pretty involved over there, right? Yeah, I grew up there. That's right. Uh, a lot of my childhood and teenage years were, you know, in that building and around that building. Mm -hmm. um, I basically... Uh, Met my my solid you know ride or die friends yeah. <laughs> through there, yeah. um, and we you know we started skating there at like I don't know twelve or thirteen. Went there because of the ramps, mm -hmm. and then um, eventually we met some of the older people and we kind of idolized them. And then I remember I got my first job there because I was skating out front and I slipped. Out and my skateboard hit the glass window and broke mm -hmm. it. You know, on the doors they were made of glass. Yeah. So, yeah, just um, just put a huge crack all the way down it. And I went to Tom and I was like, I, I was terrified to have to tell him, but I had to tell him. And then I said, uh, "Well, like, give me a job and I'll work it off." And he, he was like, "Oh no, it's okay, it's okay." And I was like, "No, seriously, like, give me a job." And my friend had done like one or two shows before me. So I kind of wanted to like, yep. you know, be be with him and uh, mm -hmm. his name's Gabe. And so me and him were like the door guys for like four or five years. We were kind of the main the main dudes there. And so, um, <laughs> you know, we had, so there was that. There's like after hours times, you know, and all that stuff. And just like, yeah, I mean, a huge piece of my heart is in that building mm. and everyone there. And uh, I'm I'm just really glad to see that it's it's still kind of doing that same thing. You know, mm -hmm, there yeah. was a pretty big scare for a minute. Um, you know, they they needed to replace the, the well, there was no fire like sprinklers right, at all. Right. So they got those done. They had to replace the roof, and that's done. So, you know, I think that place will be there forever mm -hmm. because I think that there's too many people that are you know that love it, kind of like how I grew up. Yeah. Right. Community of people there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Keep going on. Yeah. yeah, it's really nice to see. And and definitely, I spent a lot of my musical upbringing there. Um, every Sunday for several years, Gio Benedetti was running the Sunday jams. Oh wow! And he was a big musical mentor of mine. Also, mm -hmm. um, you know, he was very encouraging, and uh, I could tell. You know, sometimes he was just like, he and I would be like, okay, if we're both here, like we can pretty much make anything happen. Right. You know, That's so cool. Yeah, really cool. My old guitar teacher brought me to one of those once. He's like, "You're gonna try this thing." We went to one of those jams. I'd never done that. Oh before. wow, that was fun. Yeah, we never did it again though. I wish we'd gone back. Uh -huh. But it's just funny that you that just triggered like a little memory. Oh, uh, cool. Well, so. How yeah. old were you then? Oh, I was pretty young. I was middle school. Okay. Like, yeah. So. Was it kind of scary 13? then? Because you were you yeah, know, no, it was all, all older people and me. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> most that's most cool. people don't at that thing. Yeah. So that's kind of what's cool about it. Not, I don't mean to like tease anyone or anything. It's just like that's, mm -hmm. that's what it's about. It's just community. you know, yeah, community. And here's a super loud amplifier, and here's a big stage, and oh, yeah. just experience it. this. Yeah. you know, that's give great. it a try. So that's so cool. Yeah. yeah, they've done great things there, like camps and stuff as well. They've done all. Yeah, this. they've done everything pretty much. It's a cool spot. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, you mentioned that your that your dad um, has passed away as well as your mom, and <clears throat> I'm wondering if um, during either one of those experiences when they passed, if music played a special part in your life, like during, I don't know, the grieving process, or if there's anything that just you would want to share about that. Um, yeah, I mean... Um so when I got the call about my dad, I was just on the other side of town in the middle of teaching a guitar lesson. And so the song that we were learning was the Pixies, Where Is My Mind? Mm. And I was teaching this, I, the kid was like 12 or something. Mm. And uh, he was like, I want to learn that song from the end of Fight Club. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so we started learning that yeah. song. And then my phone rang and it was like, it was the lady that was kind of taking care of my dad. Um, and then it rang again. I was, you know, I didn't answer the first right. time. Yeah. It rang again. I was like, okay, this is probably something I don't want to hear, but I need to answer this. And uh, I just told the kid, I was like, hey, I have to go. Mm. And then got in my car and just started bawling, you know, mm. on my way over to the house. And um, so that song kind of triggers that memory for me. So I'm usually like, change the song like i right. don't want to yeah. hear it yeah, you know it's, right. it's hard to listen to Absolutely. Yeah. um but i i played that song for my dad because it was like i just felt like i should yeah yeah um and even it's kind of an appropriate song i guess maybe for like what he was going through and stuff and um mm. yeah i mean other than that um I don't know. It was just kind of a set, like when my mom passed away, it wasn't like, I didn't really go to music for any kind of like consoling or anything mm -hmm. like that. But, um, however, when I did perform, I could feel her yeah. energy and that was really powerful. And that actually made me feel good. Mm -hmm. Um, wow. and, uh, yeah. And I, and so, like, I'll still try and play, you know, every now and then I'll get out the classical etudes and yeah. just kind of for my own enjoyment, but mm -hmm. also kind of in homage to my dad, like, oh, I can still do this. Like, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, <clears throat> that's really neat how it, it just, it connects you. There's that thread of energy that comes from them that's inside of you and, and gets shared. That's really, really cool. Yeah. I really love I hearing so that. Your, your parents come out when you play. That's yeah. That's so incredible. <laughs> Blows my mind in, in all the right ways. Yeah. When um, we have one song, you know, my brother died of AIDS like when he was 30, so it's a long time ago. Um, but there's, there's one song that the family, like whenever we girls hear, I will survive. Um, sometimes we'll be like in okay. a store or whatever, you know, and hear the song come on. And that reminds us of him. And, um, and so it always makes us laugh, actually, because... Um, well, I don't know, because it was such a joyful song and I, we could just imagine him like, you know, dancing around and yeah. having a good time to it. So it's a good, <laughs> yeah. it's a good memory. Cool. It's just always nice to see like those little reminders of somebody that's passed on and, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's very comforting. And uh, yeah, so, but how cool that while you're doing this thing that has become your profession and something that you love so much that you can connect with them through that. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely the strongest um, connection that I have with them, you know. Mm -hmm. Neat. 
So I was stalking your profile <laughs> online, <Okay. laughs> as, as one does, right? I love your outfit so much. I wanted to get just a little taste of what outfits you bring to the table with all your various projects and bands. Like, is this something agreed upon beforehand? Or are you just like a style expert? And I have like... With a zebra shirt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I definitely... I appreciate that. Thank you. Yo, you look incredible. I do take pride Seriously. in my shirt collection, actually. But... Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I do have to give credit to Idris from the band that I was touring Europe with. Mm. I mean, um, he kind of like opened my eye to the fact that when you're on stage, it's about the music, but it's also a visual thing. I mean, people, you know, everyone says, I'm going to go see this band. I'm going to go see, they don't say, I'm going to go hear that band. I mean, maybe some people do, Mm -hmm. but so they're seeing you. So, Mm -hmm. you you know, you want to, you don't want to be wearing, I mean, it depends on the kind of music really. Like, I don't wear that zebra shirt when I'm playing French show yeah. jazz gigs, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but if it's like spiritual, psychedelic jazz, yeah. then yeah, the zebra shirt can come out, out for sure. <laughs> That's great. I yeah. love it. Um, <laughs> so I have, I have a lot of shirts that like I probably would only wear maybe once a year, not even, depending on the occasion. Now, at this point, they're more like Halloween costumes. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, uh, yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm kind of a sucker for uh, a good looking shirt. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. What's your favorite one you have? Man, that's a good question. Um, I got this one that I wore the last time I wore it was at a wedding last weekend actually, and it's funny because it was uh, my buddy who I I play in a band with. He was getting married. Mike Saliani. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So him and Tony got married and cool. um, it was a beautiful wedding wow. and congratulations to them yeah. mm-hmm. and um, so the outfit that I wore was basically the same outfit that I wore probably the last time he and I played it was like this like floral kind of shirt it's a it's short sleeve you know um, with like the same shoes that I brought here and, uh-huh. and these pants so um, I don't know I, I've been digging that shirt lately because I think it's the newest one that I have and what are the colors? What are the tones and uh, shades like, in there? They're like, it's like um, very tiny floral print. So it's like a tightly packed, uh, like red, yellow, mm. black, and white. It's mm-hmm. kind of a black nice. base with like mm-hmm. the red and yellow flowers nice. a little bit. Nice. That's cool. I'll have to look for yeah. it. That's yeah. That's cool. Uh, well, it's probably, it. I could show you a photo or if you go on my Instagram or whatever, okay. it's probably like the most recent photo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do like that zebra shirt mm. a lot too. I don't get to wear it. Ton. I don't know if it's zebra actually. It's like it's kind of a mix between like um maybe leopard yeah, and, I think and it was zebra. Actually, yeah. hmm. And I don't know if you can tell, but it's it's silk. So it's really comfortable to wear, but it also gets super hot. Yeah. Um, and probably sticks to you when you sweat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know about that. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> be good for a cold gig though. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That'd be sweet. Totally. Yeah. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I, now I know what to look for when I'm shopping for my next shirt. Yeah, and you also have lots of great collection of little caps. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, well I've got the the one, um, and I had a friend of mine actually. It was like recently after my mom passed away, and we were about to go on a tour. Um, I wanted to like make the tour about her, and so I had my friend Ani um, like paint on the hat. Like I just said, can you just do something that would like? I didn't even tell her anything specific. I just said, I kind of want you to make this, maybe draw some planets on it or something. And then 
um, maybe like do some kind of tribute to my mom on it or something. So, so she did, and it was really cool. And I wore it for you know a few shows, and I changed it up because I don't want to wear the same thing mm-hmm. every night. But um, nice, yeah. So, but I'm trying to go no hats. I haven't worn a hat all day today, <laughs> and I feel like a different person. <laughs> Is that right? When I don't wear a hat, because I normally wear a ball cap, you know, in my mm-hmm. in my casual clothes. It's kind of hot for a cap today. It is. Yep. I mean, really. Yeah. And, Some uh, heat can escape through the crown of your head, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Plus, my my girlfriend Chelsea is a uh, she's a hairstylist and she cut my hair recently. So oh, sweet, nice, nice uh, job, Chelsea. Yes, yeah. it looks great. <laughs> it does. But. Yeah. So I want to kind of you know show off show her work off. a little bit. Show yeah. it off, and yeah, <laughs> nice. you, you have all the reasons to. So it's good. <laughs> Um, actually, on top of that, you're are you still a baseball fan? Big baseball fan these days? Uh, I'm I'm not a good fan. I do enjoy it. Um, I you know I like to watch the highlights and stuff like that. Actually, the other night, my, so my cousin was in town from Chicago, and mm-hmm. uh, he came into town to see Metallica perform at oh, the yeah. Chase Center in San Francisco yeah. on Sunday, and um, Chelsea and I met him and his wife and their baby on Tuesday night for dinner because they were leaving on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and so we drove down to the city. And caught dinner with them, and they said they were staying near the ball field. So I was, and they didn't have a car. So I was like, oh, well, let's go to this one restaurant that I actually used to play at with that 29th Street swing tech. Group. Yeah. So I, I was like, oh, that, that one place is near there. They got great burgers, good beer, and stuff like that. So we went there, and um, it happened to be that there was a game going on. There was like tons of traffic and people walking around. So after dinner, my cousin and his wife and their baby went back to their hotel because they had to leave in the morning. But Chelsea and I walked, the field was only like two blocks away. I was like, hey, we should go check this out. So we ended up, um, I don't know if you know, but in right fields, there's those arches. And if you walk around the park, you can go right up to the gate and you're basic, you're almost on the field and you're just watching it through like a chain link fence. Right, right. And um, so we did that for a little <laughs> bit. And that was really cool. That's fun. And I, I wanted to stay and watch the whole game, but it was getting late and that was a really spontaneous thing. So I was like, okay, we did it. At least we kind of followed that instinct, mm-hmm. but we don't have to stay the whole time. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. That's fun. That's yeah. cool. So, Neat. and they, th- they were playing the Pirates and they won. Mm-hmm. And they're winning. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I haven't been to a game this season, but actually I said to her as we were leaving, I was like, hey, now we can say we went to a game this season. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and. What is her, does, do you want to give her a plug, her hair cutting business? Oh, yeah. She works for a DiPietro Todd salon in Mill Valley. Okay. And she works, let's see, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Friday, Saturday. Great. We'll put a link on very cool. if you want yeah. in the notes. All right, cool. Sure. <laughs> yeah, she'd like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have another branch in San Francisco that she used to work at. She did the whole, um, they have like an education program. They call themselves the Harvard of um, the salon mm-hmm. industry. <laughs> so, so she's a graduate. Nice. And um, yeah, so she's in Mill Valley. Okay, cool. Got it. <laughs> nice, very cool. So another question that we like to, to ask our guests <laughs> is if you have um, any kind of, um, like if you could close your eyes and blink and open them up and you could play any instrument like as, you know, in a, the kind of way that you would love, like whatever style or whatever, and mm. the expertise, and you didn't have to work for it. What, what would that be, and what would that kind of musical fantasy be? Well, that's a that's a good question. 
Um, I did mention the piano mm-hmm. earlier, um, but I think to answer this question would probably be the tenor saxophone mm. um, because it's hard to carry around a piano. Uh, yeah. You know. I know about that. Oh, my God. <laughs> so and you all don't the know lawyers. what you get. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just, I think it's such an expressive instrument yeah. and the fact that it it can it's so powerful acoustically you know i think the electric guitar is also an extremely expressional uh, mm-hmm. sorry expressive instrument yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but obviously you know you need an amplifier and yeah. cable yeah. and all that stuff where so the you saxophone be able to, yeah you can you can walk around i mean i even said to to stella from the french oak i said we should make our sax player walk around with the tip jar because I've played in bands where they do that, mm-hmm. you know, like someone else would be taking the solo and then the sax player can walk around and even while they're playing and just like, you mm-hmm. know, That's go. So I've uh, heard people are doing that these days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also I think it's cool. I, I used to get jealous of the horn players that um, they could take their solo and then walk off and go to the bathroom or get a drink <laughs> or, you know, yeah. Yeah. whatever mm-hmm. in the middle of a song. And I'm sitting there like... Stuck. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're holding so. you're holding it down with a bass. Mm. Mm. Never ends with rhythm section players. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's true. It's good. And um, is there a style of music, a genre of music that you would want to play? Uh, probably. I mean, it's hard to like pinpoint it, but jazz-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know, jazz-ish. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's such a broad term these it days, is. especially. It is. You right. know, but it would be awesome to be able to play like. John Coltrane, mm-hmm. you know, but then also play like, you know, just New Orleans kind of mm-hmm. fun stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. There's like the really heady, serious stuff, and there's also the like goofy stuff goofy that, stuff, that right. gets people dancing right yeah. away, yeah. you know? Totally. So, yeah, I think, oh. I, yeah, and I have one at my house, so um, it's oh just goodness. a matter of like, do I want to practice bass or do I want to like completely try and like learn a whole new instrument and my roommates are going to hate me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. yeah. So I see you're playing in this uh, American Idiot musical, or that you played, I should say. Yeah, I did a, a little run. Wow, Just I didn't yeah, know about that. Okay, yeah. Well, I shouldn't say I did a, a run. I did three <laughs> shows. The, the whole run was um, like nine shows. And uh, yeah, it was awesome. I, that was the third musical I've ever done. And... I really enjoy that type of environment mm-hmm. as a musician. I think it's really cool. I feel like our role is very important, you know, and um, like we have to be there and we're working with the actors and um, I really enjoyed it. So I, w- I got called from, I basically got a referral. Uh, I was filling in for someone that was, that person was at a wedding so they couldn't make the, the three dates. Right, gotcha. Um, and I don't even know this guy. Uh, I mean, I do now. He's a really <laughs> nice guy. I didn't know him. He gave me a call. He had called someone that he, so he got this other person's name from someone. That person couldn't do it. So they gave him my name. Oh. And then when, but it was weird because when he called me, he said, Oh, this person said that you can do it. So you must be legit. And I was like, 
Wow, I mean, that's actually, that's kind of, uh, you know, that's a big compliment that that person would recommend me. Sure. Mm-hmm. But then I found out that he didn't even know that person really. So I was like, I, I mean, where did you get that information from? Yeah, but, yeah. but that's cool. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Neat. so yeah, I mean, that, that's one good thing about, you know, I guess the schooling thing is like when you learn how to read your opportunities for getting yeah. gigs open up like that because that's the first question they ask you is do you read mm-hmm. you know and if you say uh then they're probably not gonna no. yeah you know? so I, i'll admit i don't read all the time i only read when i'm playing musicals really yeah so mm-hmm. <laughs> even my answer might have been well it's been a while i just said yeah i read mm-hmm. you know because it's it's kind of like you just got to brush up on it and then you pick it back up quick. totally yeah so so, so you've done two other musicals too yeah, I, I filled in for someone. Um, I only did one show uh, for Annie. This is um, almost a year ago because it's a Christmas type of thing, right? So it was like last um, December. And I'm a part of this Facebook page. on. Uh, it's called North Bay Pit Musicians. And a friend of mine turned me on to that because he plays saxophone hmm. and was getting. he was posting all these pictures of him in the pit I was like, hey, man, how do you get those gigs? Like, I want to do that. And he said, oh, I'll, I'll add you on this Facebook group. Oh, cool. And um, it's a, just a great way to network. And there's always people going, you know, either introducing themselves for hire kind of thing or mm-hmm. people going, hey, we need such and such for this many days for this show. Mm-hmm. And um, so this guy had said, I need someone to sub two days from now for one night for Annie. And I was just like, here's an opportunity, yes. And and this guy, I've heard a lot about him too. Mm-hmm. And um, so I wanted to also kind of be on his list for like subbing. If he couldn't do something, I wanted him to call me because nice. he gets, you know, he's he's really well known. And he's a great bassist. So nice. Um, anyways, I went. He said he was kind of asking, and he seemed kind of unsure. But then it was like I feel like he just. The clock was ticking. He had no more time. So he's like, okay, here's someone that wants to do it. Um, maybe I wasn't the highest qualified, but I think after I did the show, I kind of proved myself. But it was a lot of work because that was probably... I'm not familiar with any of those songs. At least the Green Day stuff, I'm familiar with about half of that album mm-hmm. and that material. I actually used to teach some of those songs to kids, like Holiday and stuff like that. So, of course. Right. But... Um, with this guy, so I met up, I caught the tail end of the show the night before I was supposed to play, and then he gave me the music, which was like 90 pages or something like that, and luckily I had, the next day was clear, so um, I just spent probably like four hours that night and like six hours that day going over the material, and I was super nervous going in, but... um, but I, I held my own, you know, and yeah, everyone was job. like, good job, you know. And, nice. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like one of the themes that, I, that I'm hearing you talk about is that you, you basically really do sign up for these challenges. And, you know, you, you do the hard work and you come through and, you know, and then you've moved forward in terms of your skill level. And, mm. um, yeah. I will say uh, I recently, I'm starting to compose a resume for this kind of work, you know, mm-hmm. and that's definitely on one of, one of my 
skills that that I think is um, that I am good at, <laughs> really good at, is just learning lots of music in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And you know, if if it's not memorized, it's it's real close. Wow, and, that's uh, impressive. I mean, I I've, I'm pretty used to that now. You know, like I've done. The, the Soul Horizon thing, like I'm still learning for every gig, there's, they throw new songs at me because they've been together for such a long time. They have a lot of material. Mm-hmm. And so usually before every gig, I'm studying or uh, this one time I did a, um, like a cover, like a dance cover band gig, uh-huh. just a one-off, but I had to learn like 40 songs <laughs> for it. I think you I know. saw you posting that. This, oh. was, this was a couple, this was at least a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's again, like you want to make a good impression with these folks. And we got paid real well for that gig too. Mm, nice. Good. And um, yeah, for so I was like, songs. yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Well, Dang. yeah, I mean, it was tunes like, um, oh, you know, like uh, Michael Jackson tunes and Bruno Mars tunes uh-huh. and old doo-wop tunes like My Girl and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stuff like that. So it's tunes that like once you learn them, it's like, okay, like everyone knows that song or whatever, but I didn't know any of these tunes, so I had to learn them all really quickly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something that I'm used to, and I think I'm pretty good at it now. So mm-hmm. Neat. I kind of take pride in that. That's nice. great. Yeah. As you should. Thanks. So do you want to say anything about any of the other bands that you're playing with? I know you play with a bunch of... Well, one of the bands I play with called French Oak Gypsy Band is changing the name as of... Well, we just released an album. Uh, the name is now Banjango Collectif. And we just had a CD release party on Friday the 20th at Redwood Cafe, and it was awesome. And uh, it's my second album appearance, so I'm excited about that. Oh, nice. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, That's yeah. cool. With Thanks. them? Awesome. Uh, or... No. My first one was with the Pyramids, and then oh. this is my second one. Okay. Neat. Yeah. So it's exciting. It is. Anything else about other groups you're in as well? Anything coming up? Any shows? Uh, Soul Horizon, we're playing... The Crazy Horse in Nevada City on, uh, I believe it's the week after. So it was the 27th or 28th. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm excited about that little uh, little weekend cool. getaway. Yeah, no kidding. With them. And I think we're playing Chico the next day. Wow. So it'll be a, like a miniature tour. Nice. <laughs> and the website for that is? Uh, they have Soul a Facebook Horizon. page. Okay. Yeah. Soul Horizon, Soul Horizon on S-O-L. Facebook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. S O L, right. Soul Horizon as in the sun. Nice. Got it. Awesome. Anything that you'd like to touch on before we. Start to wrap things up here. Anything we haven't asked you, you're like hoping that we'd ask? <laughs> no, we covered a lot of ground. So, yeah, I mean, everything that I kind of expected to talk about, okay. we talked about, and it's been great talking with you all. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we awesome. really enjoyed it. It was really fun to get to know you better. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. As always, thanks for taking the time and coming on yeah. out here and joining us. My pleasure. It. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in, and we would love it if you are enjoying this, that you subscribe to our uh, podcast, and we'd love to hear from you if you leave a comment. Um, we would love to get back to you, and um, thank you again for listening, and until next time. Yeah, till next time. We'll see you. Bye. Take care.